having you here. Uh, so you come on and uh, update us on the ministry and preach to us. And we're looking forward to what you have for us. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Did I push the right button? Yep. All right. So, uh, I, first of all, I want to say thank you for your support. Uh, you guys have done uh, a lot more than what you can even imagine. Uh, it's funny. Uh, one of the things that you guys have done, and you don't even know it, uh, Bill noticed at the moment he walked in, and it's because he's seen my church in Brazil. And so our church in Brazil, I modeled it after your auditorium. Uh, Y'all didn't know that. Uh, but when I was here uh, six and a half years ago, I took pictures of it all. And I said, I like that auditorium. That's what we're going to do. And that is what I did. And so apparently I did it pretty close because the moment Bill walked in, he's like, this looks like your church. <laughs> so uh, apparently I did pretty good. <laughs> Uh, so y'all, I, I pray about your, your church often. I think about your church often. Um, so uh, since we've been here last time, uh, which was about six and a half years ago, uh, God has moved us to Tapachinga, Brazil, and you'll see some slides uh, there. Uh, and God has allowed us to start seven churches uh, in, in seven, in six years. Uh, so we started seven churches. Uh, we've now started a Bible Institute, uh, and you'll see a little bit more information of that on the slides. Uh, we started the Institute with the intentions of training men to, to take those seven churches that we started. Uh, and so six turned into 16, which turned into 36. We have 68 people registered in February. Uh, so it kind of exploded. Uh, we have people that travel as far as eight days by boat to come to our Institute. Uh, and so right now, uh, you'll see some of the projects that we have, but uh, one of the big projects that we're trying to uh, start when we get back is building a dormitory uh, for our college, uh, because that's what it's turned into. It was supposed to stay a small institute. That was the plan. Never more than 10 people. Uh, well, God saw other, other, other plans, and it is now growing, and uh, I've had national pastors in the churches that we've started. They're now sending students to to be trained at the Institute too. So uh, pray for that. Uh, we did purchase the property already, and so we're in the process of designing and how we're going to do it, and so pray for that. Uh, also, uh, during COVID, just like everywhere else, we were shut down, uh, but you'll see that we started a brand new church, Maranatha Baptist Church. So uh, right now, we're pastoring two churches. Uh, I'm pastoring uh, Emmanuel Baptist Church, uh, and you'll see that, and we're pastoring Maranatha Baptist Church on the far side of town. And so uh, when we started the church, uh, we started with three people. Uh, when I left uh, in beginning of June, we had 36. Uh, so the church is growing. Um, two weeks ago, my deacon called me. Uh, he's the one taking care of the church. Uh, he goes, Pastor, we have a problem. And I said, well, what's the problem? I'm thinking that, you know, we only built a garage type roof. It wasn't like a big building. And I'm thinking it burned down or blew over. Uh, and he's like, well, there's no more room. And I said, well, that's not a problem. Go buy more chairs. Uh, there's always more room. Uh, so pray for those. What I'll do is I'll let him play the, the video, and that'll give the update, and then I'll talk a little bit more. Since our last furlough, we have seen God continue to open amazing doors in the Amazon basin. The Bible says in Psalms 37, 23, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. 
We have continuously prayed how we can make a bigger impact for Christ. Our heart's desire has always been to start or help start churches in all nine countries of the Amazon Basin. In October 2015, God moved us to Emmanuel Baptist Church in Tabachinga, Brazil. As God knit our hearts to the people, we realized the importance of rebuilding and restoration, not only physically, but spiritually. With God's help and guidance, we started with our children's programs and outreach, from Sunday school to special children's days. VBS has become a highlight for the children. We didn't stop there. We rebuilt our teen department with interactive lessons and teen meetings. We hold an annual Mega Teen Conference. We also hold a teen camp that has continued to grow with several churches in attendance. God allowed me to work directly with the ladies of our church. It has been a joy to watch them grow in the Lord. We host an annual ladies tea that has been an amazing time to invite the ladies of our community. We have weekly ladies prayer meetings, which is a time to share God's word and pray for one another. The ladies also love our monthly ladies meeting, which is a special time of food, fun, fellowship, and learning. My husband works directly with the men of the church, teaching the importance of being a godly man, a godly husband, and a godly father. The men of our church have grown spiritually into the leaders, husbands, and fathers that they need to be. God has blessed our ministry in great ways. God knows our heart's desire to reach the Amazon Basin for Christ. When we moved to Tabachinga, Brazil, we had no idea the big opportunity God had opened for us. For the last 15 years, we had worked with and hosted BIMI's Amazon Medical Missions Ministry. We are the boots on the ground. Using these medical teams, we have been able to enter into several villages, not just in Brazil, but also in Peru and in Colombia. Working with national missionaries and pastors, some of which we have trained at Emmanuel Baptist Bible Institute. God has allowed us to start, help start, and build seven churches along the river in three countries. The impact God has allowed us to be a part of is absolutely humbling. Construction is a big part of our ministry as we continue to grow. From building river churches to our continuous building project at Emmanuel Baptist Church, God has allowed us to use this part of our ministry to help these works along the river, but also to reach and to minister to men while on the job. We begin and end each day with a devotion from God's Word. Buildings don't change lives, but what God uses those buildings to do does. As the ministry has grown, so has the need for training. Emmanuel Baptist Bible Institute is our Bible college. Our goal is to train men and women for God's service. It began small with just a few and has continued to grow. We have students from all over our region and some who travel several days to attend. God has blessed tremendously. COVID-19 is affecting everyone around the world. And as with most places, we were shut down from having regular church services. We began holding several services in different members' homes. So three services on Sunday during the normal time of the year turned into nine services over the weekend. 
As things continue to shut down, we began IBE Studios, which is our audio video ministry. Due to the lack of quality internet, we cannot live stream services, so we would film and edit children's programs and adult services and send them out over our church WhatsApp groups. This became a huge outreach ministry during a time of hardship. During the shutdown, God continued to bless our church and we grew. The IBE Studio Ministry was a great outreach, but we were also able to reach our church family and community with food baskets. During the pandemic, we also started Maranatha Baptist Church. It is located on the other side of Tapachinga. We began with three people and the church has continued to grow and flourish. We serve a God with no limitations. Our goals for our next term are finishing the construction of Emmanuel Baptist Church, a church building for Maranatha Baptist Church, the dorms and campus space for the Bible Institute, and our printing ministry. Do you see the need? Do you have the vision? Do you hear their cry? presentation we actually didn't speak about it but uh, thank you uh, for also praying for my wife during that time that she was very very sick uh, they never really figured out what what she had uh, but uh, one day when we, we had come back uh, to the States so that she could get some medical attention uh, and we had been here and seen every specialist under the Sun uh, and every doctor from from John Hopkins to the Mayo Clinic to anything and everything in between uh, my wife was really really sick she woke up one morning and she said, you know what? If I can be sick here in America and nobody can figure out what's wrong with me, I can be sick over there. Let's go back. And we've gone back and God has blessed tremendously uh, these past six years uh, through, through her sicknesses uh, and through our work there. Uh, you saw different pictures. Uh, one of those pictures you saw was a man. Uh, we started a church eight days from us. And you say, well, what does that mean? That means sitting on a boat for eight days, day and night, uh, until you get to the village where he's at. Uh, and we started a church there. Uh, when we started the church, it started out small like everything else. Uh, the church now runs 65, uh, and it is out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, 
And from that church, we started a second church uh, just further up the river. You take about an hour, hour hike uh, into the jungle, uh, and there's another church that we have started there uh, with the Indians there. So uh, he's one of the missionaries actually sent from our church in Brazil, trained and sent out of our church there. Uh, you saw uh, a couple other pictures of men that have been trained from our church and sent out uh, from our church there in Brazil, uh, there in the jungle. Uh, and so those are products uh, of your faithfulness. And so what we're going to do tonight, we're going to take a journey. Okay, so we're going to rewind a year and a half. Okay, so we're going to go January 1st, 2020. Okay, before COVID, before pandemic, before all of this stuff. Okay, so your church started out like probably most churches. Okay, excited, it's a new year. You know, and so, you know, you... The pastor probably had some kind of goals. You know, every pastor has some goals for the year. And, you know, maybe you had some kind of vision night. And, you know, this year, these are our five goals. These are our goals for the year. And, you know, all my friends that are pastors here in the States, they're like, we have the 2020 vision, 20, 20 goals for 2020, and, you know, all this stuff to match 2020, blah, blah, blah. And then COVID hit. And like you guys, we were shut down. You guys were shut down, and let's face it, we all kind of just went, uh, now what? You know, here's the truth, you know, all the training I have, you know, all the degrees I have, I never took a class on COVID 101. Yeah. You know, pandemic shutdown 101, this is what you do. It was not in any of the classes. But here's what it did. It tried our faith. And it actually gave us a wake-up call. Because here's the reality. Up until that point, most of us, including myself, we knew how to walk the walk. We knew what we had to do. And then all of a sudden, God said, I'm shutting down the world. Now what? And most Christians around the world panicked. You're like, well, I wasn't screaming in the streets. No, we panicked. We're like, now what? Now what do we do? How are we supposed to minister? How are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to do that? Wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, uh. And, and that's the reality for all of us. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Mark. Okay. And so what we're going to do is we're going to see a couple things here in the book of Mark. And I, I want you to understand how all of this works. Okay. So Mark chapter number five. Mark chapter number five. And so uh, while you turn there... Uh, we're, we're picking up a, a story kind of mid, midway, so you understand. Uh, Jesus has just taken a trip, and he is now entering into another area. And so we're going to pick up uh, the story in verse number 22. Okay, so you understand? Uh, Mark chapter 5, verse number 22. And the Bible says, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, him being Jesus, he fell, to, fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people, I want you to understand and remember this phrasing here, much people followed him and thronged him. So up until this point, so you understand what's going on. Let's do this. Let, let, me, let me finish reading my text here, and then, and then I'll get into this. Verse 25. And a certain woman had, had an, uh, 
issue of the blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus came into the press and touched his garment for she said if I may touch but what his clothes I shall be whole all she wanted to do was get to Jesus What did we do, or what are we doing to get to Jesus? Let's pray, and I'll explain. Lord, we love you so much, and just thank you for your goodness and greatness to us, Lord. I pray that you just open our hearts and open our minds this evening, Lord. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you understand what's going on here, so Jesus crosses, and he, he's here. As soon as he gets onto the other side, Jairus, the leader of a synagogue, he's right there. Okay, he's like, hey, my daughter is at the point of death. She's over there. I need you to come with me. Follow me. Let, let's go. Let's go. So Jesus starts this path to the daughter. Okay, so there are some phrasing here, some words here that you need to understand. It says, much people, and then it says the word thronged him. Okay, why is this so important? This is important because the fact is he was in a crowd shoulder to shoulder. Okay, there were people in front, there were people on the side, there were people everywhere. And everywhere that Jesus turned, he was hitting somebody. Okay, it wasn't like he was walking in and, what is it, social distancing. Okay, he was definitely not in the social distance thing. Okay, nobody was wearing masks there. Everybody's up to, you know, it said they thronged him. And later we'll see that it said she entered into the press. So she entered into that crowd because everybody was right there. Why is that so important? So they keep going. And they're walking on this journey. Well, this woman, so she has some disease. It says she has some issue of the blood. So you understand in this time uh, in the Bible, in this time in history, if you had a disease of the blood, you were considered unclean. So what does that mean? Anything you touched, anybody you touched was considered unclean. And you were pretty much not allowed to leave your home because you were unclean. The path, literally the steps where you stepped, were considered unclean. She had this disease for 12 years. So how many people does Rafine have? Population in this area? 4,000. Okay, so this town is probably close to about the size of Rafine. You say, why is that important? Most likely, like most small towns, everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's gossip. Reality? Uh-huh. Yeah, my wife comes from a really small town. I get it. Huh, I used to live in a very, very small town. I get it. Well, welcome to this time right now. Okay? So this woman lives in this small town. Everybody knew who she was. Everybody knew her problem. And most likely, everybody knew that she had tried absolutely everything. It said she suffered much from the physicians. So she's probably tried everything. And you got to understand, they didn't have a Walgreens or a CVS or some other pharmacy. It was some whatever concoction the doctor made up. Try this, try this, try that. Where I live in the jungle, it's, you know, try this remedy, Pastor. You, you know, you take this chicken foot and you take these herbs and you take this root and you, you boil it, you do this, you do this, this, and drink it. You're like, eh, I don't know about this. <laughs> you know, I had COVID and they brought me some things that, you know, if I wasn't sick and I was in my right mind, I probably would have never drank. But when you're sick, as sick as I was, you, I drank whatever they gave me. And whatever it was, it worked because I'm still here. 
But here's the thing. She tried all of this stuff. And then she heard about Jesus. Why is this important? She had to disguise herself to get to Jesus. Because remember, anything she touched was considered unclean. Anybody she touched was considered unclean. If she was found out, she was to be stoned. That's how severe this is. She's sacrificing everything to get to Jesus. And I'm getting to why this is so important. So this crowd of people were like most of us when 2020 started. You say, well, what do you mean? When 2020 started, most of us thought we had a strong faith. Truthfully, most of us started 2020 thinking we had a strong faith. And up to 2020, I guarantee, out of all of our mouths, we once said, I wish I had more time to pray. I wish I had more time to read my Bible. I wish I had more time to study. I wish I had more time for my kids, more time for my family, more time for this, more time. We've all said it. I have no time. You know what God did for us? He shut the world down. How much more time do you want? You can't go nowhere because there's germs everywhere. So you got to stay home. You got more time with your family. And most of us, after about a week, we're like, okay, this is enough time with family. It's time to get out. You sure I cannot send my kids to school? You know, my, my, my husband needs to get out of the house. Go send him somewhere. You know, we, we were done, but see, God stopped the world for us to do what? To give us more time, but what did we do with it? Did we do what we said we were going to do? Take the time to read our Bible more, take the time to study more, take the time to pray more? Here's what the reality is. These people, this multitude, this great people, all these people that thronged him, they were all walking the walk. They were all there with Jesus, walking. But none of them were actually looking for Jesus. See, so many times as Christians, we're walking the walk and we're moving in the right direction. And we, we think that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. But all of this is for nothing if we're not actually looking for Jesus. You say, okay, I, I missed something, Pastor. Where in the world did you get all that from this text? Let's keep reading. So we stopped in verse number 28. So we know it in verse 28, she touched him. Okay, so verse 29, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague, of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that the virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Now, let's be honest, he knew exactly who touched. But here's what he's doing. He's calling attention to everybody. He's calling attention to the disciples. Hey, disciples, wake up. Who touched me? You say, well, what are you talking about? Keep reading. And it says, verse number 31, And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? The disciples are like, oh, Jesus, do you not see everybody walking with you? Like, everybody's like right here, touching, moving around. How are you going to say, who touched me? Of course, all these people touched you. Yeah. But there's a difference between walking and looking. 
And it says, and he looked around about to see her. A specific person. He wasn't worried about the guy who was shoulder and shoulder. Because the guy that was shoulder and shoulder was just going through the motions. The guy that was in the back that was pushing was just going through the motions, was just walking through the crowd. As Christians, honestly, that's what happened. You say, well, how do you figure? Because a lot of people were like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. How do we continue on? We look for Jesus in every opportunity. You know, I was told, how can you start a church during a pandemic? I have no idea, but I did. God said, start a church. We went over there, and I was like, nobody's going to come. And God said, go over there. I said, nobody's going to come. And we started inviting people. And, you know, we were wearing our mask and going out. I'm like, nobody's going to come. Everybody's scared. And people started coming. And more people started coming. And more people started coming. In this pandemic, we started a multimedia ministry. And for here, you know, most, state, most churches have it. You know, they film the services and everything's great. Where we live, there's no internet. Like, it's horrible. You know, every teenager here is not going to understand anything I'm about to tell you. But for the rest of you, it's like AOL dial-up. Okay, it's about that speed, okay? Yeah, everybody laughs because you know that speed. Okay, that's about what we have, okay? It's horrible. And so live streaming is not an option. And so we decided we were going to film it, edit it, condense it, and then send it out on our WhatsApp groups. And we started doing it. And we did it in Spanish. We did it in Portuguese. And we, we did children's lessons. We did services. And we, we started putting all this together. And then all of a sudden, people started responding. We have people in Portugal who send us requests for more messages. I've never been to Portugal. I have people from uh, Burkina Faso in Africa wanting us to send more preaching messages. We have people all over Africa, all over Europe that hear these messages. Our church, when we ended right before COVID, our high day was 89. We were excited. We we're like, man, we've gotten, we're, we're moving up here. Our goal was to get to 90 by the end of the year. And then COVID. Do you know when we opened our church after COVID, we had 98 people. And we're averaging over 100 now. But it wasn't because we were just walking the walk. Through all of it, we realized God shook us up. And one day I was like, we need to do something. And God said, look for me. And take as many people as you can to see me. See, missions doesn't start, you know, on the, on the mission field. You know, I'm supposed to tell you as a missionary, missions starts in the Amazon. It doesn't. Missions doesn't even start here at Marlboro Baptist Church. Mission starts with you. That, that, that's the truth. Because if you're not looking for Jesus, how are you going to show somebody else Jesus? Where's our faith? So many people got shook up at the, all through the pandemic and they didn't know what to do. You know, I know of 26 missionaries who left the field during the pandemic. 26. Some close friends of mine. And they're like, I cannot believe you're leaving. You're not leaving. I said, I'm not leaving. I'm staying. God's doing more now than he did before. I'm not, I'm not going nowhere. During the pandemic, we built the second, we started the second story of our church building. I couldn't do that in a regular year. I didn't have time. God said, I'm going to stop and give you time. 
What did we do with it? You say, well, why is this so important? Watch how this one event changed how people did ministry. Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 6, verse 56. Up to this point, you look in the four Gospels, and only this woman touched the hem of his garment. After this point, Mark 6.56, it says this, And whithersoever he entered into villages, he being Jesus, or cities, or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. See, this one act of this woman, this faith of this woman, fighting the crowd. Imagine this. She probably has some kind of cloak over her head, some kind of sheet. And she's going through the crowd, terrified, thinking, someone's going to find me. And when everybody else is panicking, everybody else has no idea, they're going forward. We as Christians need to be that. We need to go forward no matter what's going on. The thing is, is that most of us wait to the last minute to look for Jesus. Her one act of touching and going to Jesus changed everything. Because from this point, 656, Mark 656, you see that they put people in the street just to what? Touch. Not to talk. Not to walk. But just to look at at an opportunity to touch. Where's our faith for just that? So many times we think that Jesus has to be face-to-face, stand right in front of us like Jared, the leader of the synagogue. All of this time he's there, and I'm sure he's thinking, why in the world are you stopping talking to this woman? My daughter's over there, and she's about to die. So much so, go back to uh, chapter 5, and if you look, it says in verse number uh, 36, or verse number 35, it says, Why he yet spake, why Jesus yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest the master any further? So they they get to him and they say, Hey, your daughter's dead. Leave Jesus alone. As soon as Jesus heard the words that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Don't don't worry. I'm in control. Just believe. Here's what COVID did. It shook us up. And I think rightfully so. I think it allowed us to dust off that faith that we thought was strong to get to the core. To rebuild that core, to build our faith so that we can go forward. Because here's the reality. If we did what we always say, I wish I had more time to study. I wish I had more time to pray. If we really would have taken full advantage of that during COVID, let's be honest, when the church opened, we would have seen a revival. That, that, that's, that's the truth. If we have six months and all you're doing is praying and reading and searching for God, you're going to have a revival when you wake up. But did it happen? It didn't. It didn't happen in my church. 
oh, we have more people. God is blessing in a great way. But those that were already going, I can't say that there was some great revival breaking out. Because we stopped looking for Jesus. We were looking at the crowd. Everybody was running this way and running this way and buying toilet paper. And, you know, the rest of us were like, uh, uh, uh. And Jesus says, hey, just look at me. Follow me. Later on in this same book, if you go to Mark chapter number 11, there, there's a fa the famous passage there, and everybody loves this passage because it talks about the power of prayer. And he, you know, he, he goes into, you know, you can move a mountain, you can do this, you can do this, you can do all of these things. But he prefaces that entire phrase, that entire section with four words. And these four words we cannot forget in verse number 22, Mark eleven twenty-two, 22, it says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Four simple words. But if you read the rest of the chapter, it talks about moving mountains. It talks about everything that our faith can do. Do we want to see missions grow? Let's have faith in God. Have faith and let it shine. Be like that woman. Look for Jesus. She didn't just look for Jesus. She testified for Jesus. She said, I didn't get that. Go back to chapter number five. And it says in verse number 32, and he looked around about to see her that he had done this thing. And verse number 33, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all truth. She spilled her beans, said everything. Remember where he did this. He didn't call her aside. He didn't bring her to a special room. He didn't bring her to a corner. This is in front of the entire town. This is in front of that multitude, that great people. Why? So that what God did in her life could be seen through others. So that she could spread that to everybody else. And not just so... It became so real. If you look at number 34, it says, he said, Jesus said unto her, daughter. He knew exactly who she was. The Bible says in, John, in James chapter 4, verse 8, if we draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to us. She was coming to him. He knew exactly who she was. If we're going and looking for Jesus and we start spreading his greatness around the world. He'll come for us. He'll look and he'll help. Look what he did. He healed this woman. And he said in verse 34, and he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. In front of everybody. Because let's just face it, the town gossip needs to hear that she's been healed. Because here's what's going to happen. You know what the town gossip's going to do? Did you see what Jesus did to that woman over there? She was looking at Jesus and he healed her. And then it gets spread and it gets spread and it gets spread and it gets spread and it gets spread. Do you know how a church grows? Our testimony. 
You know how missions grows? Our testimony. When, God start, when people start hearing what God has done in your life, they want a piece of that. They want to see that. They want to experience that. Let's watch how much more God can do when we look for him. I know every, every week you've had a missionary come through. And I'm not going to talk about missions giving. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to ask you about your faith. Because if you're like I am, our faith was shaken last year. But what have we done about it? What have we done to regrow that faith, I guess? Re-strengthen our faith in God again. How are we looking for Jesus? Where are you this evening? Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much and just thank you for your goodness. I pray that we, we would be like this woman. Lord, that we, we, we face problems, we've seen difficulties, and, but we look for you. Lord, let us look back on 2020 and say hindsight's 2020. Let's rebuild our faith. Strengthen our faith, Lord, so that we might share our faith with others. That you might use us to reach the world, to turn the world upside down. For one, Christ King. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The piano is going to play. You guys stay with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, eyes closed. Here's the question. Stand to your feet. Where were you 2020? Where was your faith in the beginning of the year? And where was it after it got shooken up? How much have you done to strengthen your faith? Are you still looking at Jesus? Or did you get lost in that crowd? Lost in the motion of everything and lost sight of the truth? Where are you this evening? Pastor, would you come? Thank you, Brother Jonathan. Appreciate that. A whole crowd rubbing shoulders with Jesus. Your life's not changed. But one lady said, I believe he can do something for me. She went against the grind. She went, went against what everybody said was 
protocol. And because she did, brother, I liked what you showed us there in chapter number six. Ministry was changed forever. Amen. Opened a door that would have never been seen otherwise. I'm telling you what, whenever circumstances seem to hinder us, let's press on and say we're going to continue looking for Jesus and there's no telling what doors God may open for us. Thank you, brother. Appreciated that tremendous message. Seek our hearts. Lord, where are we? I know that many of us made commitments. Said this is what we're going to do. Where are we at? Where are we at? Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. We're going to dismiss here in just a moment. Uh, after we dismiss, do come up and uh, take a few moments, talk to Brother Jonathan, look at the table, ask him some questions. Uh, and then uh, if you want to make your way downstairs after a little bit uh, to look at the schoolroom, uh, you can make your way down there in a little bit. But take first, take a few minutes to talk to Brother Jonathan and uh, talk to him about his ministry. Do appreciate each and every one of you being here this evening. Let's pray. Father, it's been a good day. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. We thank you, Lord, that you work through your word in the hearts of your people. And Father, I thank you for the privilege, the opportunity that we've had to be in your house today. I pray, dear Lord, that you will be with us now, oh Lord, as we go throughout the week. I pray, dear Lord, that you will help us, oh Lord, to keep you in the forefront of our mind. Oh Lord, that we will keep serving you in the forefront of our actions. And Lord, that throughout this week, oh Lord, it can be said of us, oh Lord, that we are Christians. We are the servants of God. And Father, we thank you for it. I thank you, Lord, for Brother Hernandez. I thank you for the work, oh Lord, that you have allowed him to do there in the Amazon basin. I thank you, dear Lord, for allowing us to partner with him. And Father, I can't wait to see, oh Lord, the fruit, oh Lord, that is laid up because of the labor. And Father, I thank you for him. Thank you for his faithfulness. I pray to Lord that you'll bless and be with us throughout this evening. And Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>